Welcome to episode number 84 of Five Star Potential, your weekly football managed podcast from WeStream FM. This week, I have the pleasure of being joined by Mr. Teach. Hello, sir. Hello, sir. How's it going? It's going all right. Joseph, hello. I tend to be quiet at this stage. Do you hear that, Dave? Tend to be quiet. It's great to be here. <laughs> I mean, the digs have started already. It's good to see. Uh, Mr. Dupe, welcome. So that was a real dig. I like it. Sorry. Hello. Welcome. I missed the hello, 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 by the way. I preferred that. You, you say this every while or so, and then you change your mind when I bring it back. So anyway, uh, Kurdizel, you're also with us too. Hello, sir. Dave shit. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Hashtag humble. Oh, wait, how, how many gin and tonics have we had this week? <laughs> not enough. <laughs> not enough to, to not give a fuck. Right, marvellous. Okay, so this week's podcast, uh, we have a team meeting that's been inspired by one of our listeners uh, who tweeted a suggestion about... Uh, recreating legendary teams in FM, and that's a ZJS94. Lovely Z and numbers in the name, obviously. Uh, but the idea is fantastic. So, poignantly, Ole Gunnar Solskjaer has been appointed Manchester United manager, well, full time. So, we are going to be looking at recreating the United sign from the 98 99 season. Uh, we are going to have a bit of a quiz, I'm sure, for Mr. Kurt Dizzle, too. But let's get started with some save updates. I don't know who wants to get started, to be honest. I'll, I'm going to drop I've Joe in it. Playing. No. <laughs> there we I've go. not played this week. I've just not played. You couldn't afford to turn the lights on. That's it. I mean, the, the times are hard, man. Pitches waterlogged. Doug Shea. taking lower league management to the, like, the, the, the next level. Is that if, they don't, if they can't pay me, I can't play the game. The thing is, they pay me. They pay me royally. It's the other lads who I feel about. But no, no I've not, I've, literally this week's been, been a little bit madness. So, yeah. I've not played, so my save update can uh, can be skipped. Uh, I definitely want to spend a lot of time talking about Joe and Dave's. Up- I mean, Dave's not here, so Dave can't fluff it up this week. Joe's just gonna Joe can be brutally, like brutally honest about with uh, with with the way that saves. That's gonna be good. It's gonna be to good. be honest. I'm a bit disappointed that Dave isn't here because uh, this is where I could go back and insert the clip I said about uh, Newcastle and bottling a 12 point lead uh, when Dave wasn't born. Um, I mean, Twitter done uh, it for you. It's fine. <laughs> <laughs> so, Joe, you can carry on from there and inform everyone about what went on. But it all started by beating Real Madrid 5-1. He was so happy. He was 12 points ahead in the league. He'd just beaten Real Madrid in the Champions League. And then he fucked it up. <laughs> Literally. Just literally lost his ass. Um, <clears throat> I managed to claw it back, and it, did, it took a while. I'm not going to lie, um, but I think over the course of two sessions, we just gradually—I was just picking up wins, picking up wins, picking up wins. He was dropping points, um, and it culminated in what is the weirdest football manager game I think I've ever seen. When he went, he was two-one up against Real Madrid, and he had a man sent off. And then in the space of about 15 minutes, they scored six goals. Um, and it was just one after the other after the other. And he dipped off to go on a Skype call to do some dingles, a wee fucking wolf shit that he does. Um, and he kept having to dip back into our call because he was like, they've scored again. They've scored again. They scored again. And then as they got to about 9-2, yeah, he pretty much had a breakdown in the chat and 
said he never wants to play football manager again. <laughs> <laughs> Moving on a couple of in-game weeks and that 12-point gap had disappeared. I then got a point ahead of him. Then I was four points ahead of him. Then I think I'm seven points ahead of him now. But it's, yeah, it's, it's going well for me. Not so much for him. A 19-point swing, that's like bonkers. It's absolutely uh, mental. I mean, if anyone watched Curtis streams earlier and you saw his emotion, imagine a 12-year-old boy... <laughs> Which is why I, mean, I, mean, well, I was going to say, I'm glad you carried on that sentence. Then. <laughs> <laughs> Imagine a 12 year old boy. Mm, Adam I'm not Johnson might be listening. For sake. <laughs> is he still second? Like... Is he still sorry. sucking? Did Just. you say? <laughs> All right, sorry. Probably that's where he is tonight. Um, <clears throat> yes, he is still second, but Sporting are having the best season they've had in, in our save so far. Um, uh, and I think, I'm pretty sure last night. Either, it was the last game and a game before last he lost to Sporting so that they've really kind of closed the gap on him so yeah he's uh, he's arse he's making buttons at the moment <laughs> I have to be honest I've uh, I've been jumping in the the, the Wistrom FM Discord uh, and actually listening to kind of the breakdown that he, he had and the thing is is like Joe will play a game and, 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 and Dave will be like okay yeah no it's fine you, you know you could drop points here you could drop points and Joe's like 1-0 uh, okay, wait, they could still get back into this, you know, and then I can claw my, Oh, 2-0. Oh, okay, well, you know, there's still a chance. 3-0. Oh, and he gets so wound up, even when he's not playing. It is uh, it is a very good listen, to be honest. Well, I do enjoy I'm trying myself. To, I'm trying to break my, my own record, which I think is 15 goals conceded in a season. Um, and I think we played 27 and I've conceded nine so far. So that that's annoying because literally nobody scores against us. You have the, the proverbial brick wall at the back. I do like that the, this experimental tactic turned into something that's really, really fucking efficient. <laughs> what was the... Uh, was there like a trigger that, that turned it round for him? or Nothing's turned it round for him. He's just no, bottled but I mean, it big time. Yeah, he's what, a, he's was... a tinkerer. He's a, he's a massive tinkerer. He can't set and forget. He will... He changes... And for, from what I see, and I actually think he's he's kind of his tactics have got better over the years that I've known him, and he's got a little bit better of an understanding. But he tinkers when he doesn't need to tinker. Um, and I'm like, it's the Portuguese league. It's not. There's three or four teams in that league that will, that can cause you trouble. The rest of them, you should just walk over. But he he changes his formation, his lineup, everything, and it it does him no good. My switch was changing Lautaro Martinez. I think I mentioned it on the pod that I'd spent all that money on him similarly with Icardi at Real Madrid as well and they'd scored not a lot single striker formations changed to a deep line forward on attack bingo literally cannot stop scoring uh, I think I sent Tobes a screenshot of, of one of them and he was like four goals in a game three goals in a game <laughs> That's that seems to be key and I think I was in was I in your stream yesterday, Curtie, I think? And was it Terry said about changing the box-to-box midfielder to a CM support? Yes. And, and yeah. his poacher started scoring a yes. lot of goals. Yes. Uh, and it was a similar thing because I, I'd swapped my... Because I'm playing a box-to-box midfielder and AP on attack with a Regista. And I've, I've swapped the AP and, and the box-to-box around the other side. And I, so whether it's that coinciding with deep line forward on attack... It's, uh, I've certainly started scoring a lot more goals. 
lovely stuff. Mr. Dupe, before we uh, drop over to Mr. Kurt Dizzle, um, what have you been doing this, well, I, well, past week? Just played with myself quite a lot, to be fair. <laughs> um, I also played the Malaga safe. Um, enjoying it. We're, we're, we're top of the league. Um, and out of nowhere, really, we... We had quite a, a painful start. We drew quite a lot of games. Uh, we lost a fair few. And now we're on a, a bit of a nice run. Um, we are top of the league. And we're, we're trying something very different with the tactics. Now, it's not massively different. But we're playing a quite a standard formation. But we're just playing with player instructions, no team instructions. And we're just seeing if it does anything a bit different. And it, it seems to be working quite nicely. It's just quite difficult to have a plan B when you can't kind of push everybody up a little bit higher via the team instructions. You have to go in and manually change roles and stuff. But I'm hoping I can just use it as a bit of a learning exercise to what roles work well together and kind of get to know the roles a bit more, to be fair. Can you not set presets to change, like... Like for, uh, I'm quite sure you can set like player instruction presets, so that you can just select a, a particular set of instructions to apply. It's not not to be confused with the the way you can set specific roles when you substitute a particular player on in a particular role, so that it automatically sets them to it. But I'm quite sure if you you can do that. I might be wrong, but I'm ninety percent sure. You spent a lot of time more. in that taxi square this year, haven't you, Matt? <clears throat> Yeah, you're you're probably right there. To be fair, no. but I tell you, one of the best things we've done, we brought Marilla in. I think I spoke about him last week on the pod, and he plays left uh, left wing, left mid, and we've got some good wingers. So I've actually dragged him in, and we're retraining him as an advanced playmaker attack. And for a very young chap, he is absolutely smashing it. So I'm well chuffed with that. To be fair, I love that. He just goes, oh yeah, he's brought this cracking young kid in, left winger. We just play him centre mid. He's working now. Yeah, he, he's class. To be fair, <laughs> yeah, he's, he's class. That. I mean, his att- his attributes do. I mean, that isn't just like I've gone off. Oh, fuck it, I'm going to put the striker in net. No, like his attributes do kind of work where I'm I'm asking him to play. But um, you know, I, I it, it when it stops working, I'll I'll take I'll take the shit. But the he's moment a very it's good, working, he's a very very good player. Um, I've got him. I signed him in my Real Madrid save as just kind of one of the young Galacticos. Um, but Dave signed him for Porto in a network save. How's he doing for Dave? Dave doesn't play youngsters. He buys, <laughs> he, he plays overpaid foreign imports. Oh, I thought you were going to go a different way with that one. Then. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. A little bit disappointed. Like, I, I, I have to watch what I say there. <laughs> <laughs> Prefer not to speak. Uh, Marvellous. And... Rounding yourself is Mr. Kurt Dizzle. Uh, you've had a rather an eventful, well, week, I'll put it, but particularly today. Uh, yeah, so I think um, this time last week, I think we were sat in third in the league. Uh, Alecci and Letizia were just starting to find their stride, Alecci especially. Judas. Um, and I might have mentioned that I can't remember if last week there were people fishing around him, but if not, it didn't take long for teams to start fishing around him. We had at one point thirty clubs interested in him, um, including Man United, including Celtic. So you know, one big club, one shit club, and some other clubs as well. Um, <laughs> but in the end, um, the board decided to sweep the rug from under my feet 
um, we were trying to, well, basically, I, I wasn't opposed to selling him if we got the right money and a sell-on clause. Um, so teams were coming in with like derisory bids, like four hundred grand, four hundred and fifty grand, and I was sort of going, no, two and a half million with a fifty percent sell-on, and all this kind of stuff. And then eventually, the board decided to accept one of these bids. Uh, it was one point three million bid from Burnley. Um, with no selling clause and lo and behold the board are like yeah we've decided to accept this I said no 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 no, you can't be doing this they're like yeah yeah we're definitely doing this so the rush began to try and basically arrange another transfer uh, with a, with another team but include the selling clause uh, and unfortunately yeah, I think at one point there were four teams in for him uh, two teams had been selected by the board and two teams had been selected by myself and he went for one of the teams that the board selected. So Alecci was sold for 1.3 million quid, no sell-on clause at all, and he's just currently sat in Burnley under-23s. So that was pretty rough earlier in the week. Um, then, then what happened? Results-wise, um, we were very inconsistent. Uh, at one point, we went from third to outside of the playoff places. Um, and in fact, before the start of today's stream, where we had eight games left to play, we were cur- we were sat in eighth position. Can we turn that frown upside down? Let's stop yeah. talking about Alecci. Let's talk about Letiz. I'm still upset about Alecci. Fuck Alecci. It, it hurts. Um, <laughs> but yeah, his partner in crime, basically, Letizia, as uh, he went actually... During our inc- form, uh, period of inconsistency, he went 15 hours without scoring. Um, but today, he decided to pull his socks up, and um, he he banged in a few today. So we had we had eight games left to play. We were we were sat in eighth, but like b- between the top eight teams, I think there was like five points. Uh, so it was anyone's to win. Uh, and today we had some incredible results we uh i think out of the five games we, out of the eight games we won five we drew three one of the games that we won was against walsall where in the 94th minute we were 2-1 down and ended up winning 3-2 in um, the 96th minute yeah Letitia scored the 94th and then the 96th minute to win it for us um and then on the final day of the season amazingly on the final day of the season we were top of the league going into the last day and we were playing the team that were in second Uh, No, actually, sorry, they were in fourth, but if they'd beat us, they would have gone above us. So that's how tight it was. I think six teams on the final day of the season could have won the league. Um, So we had to, at bare minimum, get a point and hope for other results to go away or to win the game, and then we'd finish top on goal difference. And um, luckily enough, that's what happened. Uh, Tyler Walker came on as a sub, and then I think in like the 70th minute, slid in to put us 1-0 up. And we held on to win the title, so it's been a pretty, pretty big roller coaster for me this week, to be honest. I think uh, I think Kerr's leaving a little bit out of that three-two uh, victory as well, where they scored in the last minute. And this is where I want to highlight the the fantastic VOD system on Twitch, um, and and tell you to genuinely head over and find the VOD from today's stream, uh, where where Kurt was was two 0 down. In that game, it was two 0 down, two one down, two one down, yeah. um, and then you got to sort of like the sixty fifth minute in that game, um, and then become like 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 Curtis just just 
torrent of abuse on his whole squad for for, for twenty five in game minutes, um, and then they 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 bagged another. You know, they scored and he brought it to uh, to equal scores. To which Curtis still continued to just outright outright like abuse the squad a squad for for how bad they've played, and then it was it was just in that in that last breath of of just giving his team. A right load of shit that they went. They popped up and scored another one to uh, to see Curtie walk away. So yeah, VOD system on Twitch. Find it, watch it. Check out um, WeStream if I'm on Twitter because there's a thread there that captures a lot of these moments in clips and puts it on there. Um, but it was a uh, it was one of those one of those football manager moments that's just a, a joy to behold. Um, I think we've all been through them. Um, but yeah, it's a uh, it's nice seeing someone else go through it for a change. <laughs> do, you, do you know that that particular game so that was our third to last game of the season um, against Walsall who, who were a team who had nothing to play for um, and they, they they didn't play particularly well we, we, we were playing alright and then just they scored a couple of oh, I can't even remember their goals to be honest it's all a blur now but in I think with two minutes to go they had a man sent off and I just remember thinking to myself <laughs> we're going to equalise here we're definitely going to equalise, and that and then when we did equalise in the ninety fourth minute, I think the ref was playing five minutes of injury time. In the ninety fourth minute, we equalised, and like I was just like, well, I mean, I knew that was coming. I knew that was coming. So I'm not going to, I'm not celebrating that because it's bullshit. You know, we, it's a point we needed to win. Blah blah blah. And then when we got the free kick, I was just expecting him to us to get the free kick, him blow the whistle, and then uh, yeah, Mister Letitier. Aldershot bred, fan of the club, pops up in the 96th minute. Fan of his manager. Big fan of me, yeah. <laughs> and uh, and and slotted home from a narrow, like a tight angle. It was absolutely, I mean, I, well, it was just incredible. And Curtie just does a mic drop and walks off stream. <laughs> um, have you got your notepad there, Kurt Dog? Yeah, yeah. One thing I always forget when I get to the end of the season... Write down top scorers in the league, most assists in the league, because you can never go back and get that stuff. And if you're moving up a league, you want to go and nick the best from the league below. That's a good shout. Yeah, that's. A very I good always shout. forget. Yeah. Well, we brought in when Alecci left. We brought in two other players. We 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 couldn't replace him like for like because he was far too good for the division. Um, so we brought in um, a guy called Andy Cook who had played. Uh, for Warsaw actually and played quite well against me he was just like a big lump so we thought okay well that's a plan B in the squad because that's kind of something that we'd been missing but we also went and brought in the top scorer from the conference who'd been like top scorer there for the last two seasons um, not knowing much about him but just seeing his record like I was thinking about Cleon at the time and thinking like how he's playing without attributes but just going on scout reports and you know statistical data and I just thought right well this guy's the top scorer in the conference for two years he's he's a team player as well he's getting assists and stuff like that sod it let's just take a chance it was like last day of the season the last day of the transfer window I was just like sod it let's just get him in the new Jeff Horsfield <laughs> <laughs> throwback reference I appreciate um, streaming is not all that's been going on at, at Weaston FM Towers though uh, we've I say recently over uh, the past few weeks we've started introducing some blogs uh, which we've featured guest uh, writers for and 
they've been fantastic. All of them have been fantastic, really well written. And I think the community in general is really appreciative of the content that we're that we're pumping out at the moment. I say we're, we, you know, the collective we. Um, but wanted to give a big shout out to, to everyone who has contributed to those uh, those guest blogs um, because, you know, they, I guess there's nothing that we're gaining massively from from their audience already as and being able to feature or being prominent enough to feature sort of quality content and th- i think it was was it um i can't i can't remember his bloody name now it was the the dm post oh, mad, mad of him Paul. mad i think we <laughs> did we mention it last week and I think, the, I like think we, we said that that set the bar for <laughs> what we were expecting and nothing has failed to reach that and it's, it's all different as well. There's nothing the same there. Um, as I said, the guys that have got involved, there are other people that are writing bits and bobs at the moment, um, which we'll feature on there. But again, it was just something about, you know, we've always gone by, you know, we're all stronger together. You know, everyone helps each other out. And we've just kind of pushed it out to help other people as well. And sometimes just giving some of them a voice. I mean, you've got two sides of the spectrum. You've got CM9798 Dave, who's you know, released books on his you know, championship manager adventures to someone like Paul Mad FM that when I was talking to him and he was saying, oh, I'll get 30, 40 views on my blog. And then he's, he's had nearly, you know, nearly 2000 people have read that DM post that he wrote. So it's, it's, we've got something we can kind of share with them. And, uh, you know, and I won't lie, that website was laying fairly dormant. So we just wanted to use it to, to kind of help other people out and, you know, WeStream FM's got quite a nice little fan base, so it's you know nice to give back. No, I think I think it's been uh, for for only a, a few weeks or a couple of weeks uh, worth of articles. It's been really well received, and I hope it continues. Um, do you have any anything that is due to drop in the coming days? Like sort of con- bearing in mind that this will come out on Monday, that people have got to look forward to, or should they just keep a close eye on westreamfm.com and the Twitter account for definitely that's the best thing to do as I say there are there's there's a, a big team of people but like with everything with if you're playing FM if you're streaming FM if you're making YouTube videos if you're writing content you got to do it when you're enjoying it don't force yourself to do it so the people that we've got and it's not about saying you've got a deadline to write for this you know we've had a couple from Paul Mad FM we've got um tomorrow which is friday um dave will be doing another mid 90s milan um update so there are a few there's a few people that are doing stuff fairly quickly but there are some people that will take their time and and drop on so just keep your eyes on on the on the website or on twitter the team meeting we are talking about recreating legendary teams in fm which was inspired by sjs94 with his suggestion Which proves we do listen to you a lot when you tweet us good ideas, and sometimes if they're good enough, we will promote them to being a like a full-fledged feature. Now, if you enjoy this, let us know because we may well use it more than once. Um, it was something that I, I think, quite a few people would like to play FM in this particular way, and I know Joe has done similar things in sort of uh, using a manager's philosophy to try and create a tactic himself or at least using it as a a base before tweaking it so this this time we're 
going to be looking at the United team of 98-99 because of Solskjaer being appointed as the full-time manager. So it seems poignant and well-timed that we do that. Uh, we have a few United fans with us and we don't have Dave who wasn't born at that time. To but he's a Man United fan. That's a Man United fan. He's a real um, United fan. <laughs> so I think we're well 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 equipped this week, and I've I've also gone back to check to make sure my memory remembered things correctly um, about that particular season. So who wants to get a start? Well, I guess really I, I've kind of layered this a bit, so we've got a, a bit of structure. So if we think about uh, the general mentality of the like Ferguson's team in that particular season and across the different competitions they played in, then we can consider sort of the team instructions and then the roles and maybe player instructions that we could use uh, to try and get as close to it as possible. I'll so, go first. Schmeichel goalkeeper. Go <laughs> I was going to say, we're going to go through the line, like the sort of seat, the we, lineup, like a generic. I guess we, well, okay, we'll start with the lineup then, and then we can talk about the 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 greater team mentality once we've we've done that. So. How would you say we'd re- you would replicate the uh, the Schmeichel role? What do you think? Like of the the roles that are available to us in FM at the moment, what would best cover him? Because obviously he's a fantastic shop stopper, and he's very or was very good at closing angles down, and he wasn't afraid to to sweep up off his line. But his distribution wasn't amazing. He threw out often, but I wouldn't say he was particularly amazing with the ball at his feet. Does anyone agree? Do you agree with that statement? Or Yeah, I mean, that was back in the day when a goalkeeper was about keeping the ball out the net and not trying to be the next Ronaldinho with the ball at his feet. Um, I would say that he, I, I, I struggle to, to, to kind of find anything that I would disagree with there, Matt, to be fair. Because I, I was thinking like sweeper, keeper, defend, because obviously he comes out off his line, he closes uh, strikers down and he he wasn't afraid to come off his line. Um, but I don't think he so I don't think he was as conservative as just a standard goalkeeper defend. I always <clears> thought, it, but then he wasn't as aggressive as a, a Neuer a Neuer is now. Sorry, jump jump off his line like a flasher jumping out of an alleyway. <laughs> <laughs> you got any leeches for this? <laughs> PPM star, likes the starfish. I think I think you're right. I think yeah, probably a sweeper keeper defend. Like United didn't defend with a particularly high line, did he? So he wasn't like constantly having to rush off his line, but he did. He was happy to do it to close down an angle. Um, you know, he wouldn't just stay in his six-yard box necessarily. I, th- I mean, I, th- I don't think you could go wrong with the goalkeeper defend, but I, I see where you're coming from in the sweeper keeper def- as a sweeper keeper defend. I mean, he's definitely having command of area 20, isn't he? Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yes. <laughs> I, I do remember the photos of him in the, in the, the green, the green armed yeah. kit. With um, with the red nose and like this, the all like the semi mullet haircut that he had for a while. This was this was before ninety eight ninety nine though. But anyway, so I think that's fairly agreed on on the keeper's role then. So would you say move, just just with that? Would you say distribution throws long or throws Yeah, that was. You think how many counters were started with that long throw? Was a, Such um, a beast! I used to love it. I used, it. I used to love it when he'd throw it out and like, I don't know, carry on running. Or it would, you know, it maybe it wouldn't. It'd, it'd throw it out to a, a tightly marked player and it wouldn't quite work out or whatever. It'd give that player an absolute bollocking, whatever. <laughs> <Yeah. happened. laughs> 
<laughs> used to see him used to see him throw the ball out to midfield but he'd carry on running out of his area to shout at his defenders for why he even was high, holding that ball in the first place yeah. big Pete who was it he nearly came together with uh, someone once didn't he one of his defenders I can't remember who it was probably numerous was it Steve Bruce maybe I can't remember is that the story about where someone chipped him in training and he went absolutely mental. Oh no, I don't know about that. Because you don't one. you don't chip Peter Schmeichel, someone, and obviously Philippe Albert did. I was going to say yeah. other than Philippe Albert <laughs> and Robbie Fowler and Devil Suka. Yeah. Right, should we? We've mentioned defence, so let's let's move slightly further forward. Um, how did you want to do this? Fullbacks or centre halves first? Well, I'm trying to remember who the other centre half was. Obviously, Yap Stam was there at the time. David May, Ronnie, Ronnie Johnson. Johnson. David May was like, yeah, yeah. yeah. David May, Ronnie Johnson were the. He was under. Who's United it? fan? <laughs> it's my, it's my, it's my area. It's my also, David May played for Blackburn. I think, he, I think he, he actually has. He's one of the few players that, uh, particularly around that sort of era, that won a Premier League title with two teams. Henningberg. Henningberg is also one of those. Hang on, this is uh, turning to the quiz here. We might ruin it for Curtis. <laughs> 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 Who else did Henningberg play for? Blackburn. 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 Oh, yeah. Um, Adds it to the quiz. Quickly change it. <laughs> quickly take that line out of the one, quiz. Well, yeah, one second. <laughs> uh, so, yeah, fullbacks. Should we do the fullbacks? Yeah, we'll do the fullbacks first. So you've got uh, Gary Neville and uh, Dennis Irwin predominantly playing in those positions. It's penalty taken. Oh, I love Dennis Irwin. He so was, do I. It's hard not to oh, love, though, wasn't it? He was yeah. so good. Such a, like, Mr. Reliable, wasn't he? Um, and, and like, he was sort of predominantly right-footed, wasn't he? Even though he played on the left. Um, yeah, I think Nev- Neville was just an archetype fullbacks on support, didn't he? He likes to overlap. I, do, I, wouldn't, I wouldn't say he was a fullback on support. No? I would say he's more of a fullback on attack. On attack. Not quite a wingback, really? but on attack. He was yeah. also on that right-hand side. Yeah, he was Beckham. constantly going past Beckham. See, I'd, constantly, yeah, I'd, have, I'd have gone support, but looks for overlap on that right hand side. Oh, definitely, looks for overlap is nailed on, not to be removed yeah. ever. <laughs> Hard coded in. Alternatively, full, full back on attack with attacks from uh, with crosses from byline would also probably get the same result. But he was a good, he was a good player. So, but I don't ever remember him being brilliant in Championship Manager, Football Manager. Gary Neville. Yeah, I can't. I, just thinking back, I can't go. Do you know what? I think he was the fullback been... you always wanted. Yeah, I, I was going to say. Yeah, I think it's one of those where you just knew that, and that there was no chance you were going to buy him unless you started as a, a Barca or a Real. But then you also he... got players that you wouldn't really need to replace him with. Or is he one of those players that done more in real life than his kind of real life attributes should have done? I think he's first to say that he was a shit footballer. I think when he did a, well, not a shit for us, the wrong word to use, but he did a, a thing with Carragher and they, he was saying that he doesn't know how he got all these Premier League titles because he was terrible. Um, <laughs> not as, but I think, and then he went and they said, but not as bad as my brother. Yeah. <laughs> um, but no, I think, I think you're right there, Joe. I think like um, he's one of those that Which one on play, paper doesn't look, yeah, absolutely. It just doesn't look like he would be the greatest, but yeah. You know, especially with my age group, I would say he's. If I had to pick a right back, he's definitely in my top three. So, with, with sort of, it's a combination of fullback support slash attack with 
some things turned on to get that overlap working. Get, get further forward. Uh, yeah. Erwin, <laughs> would we say, would is fairly similar because they both went forward a lot. Say a, I'd probably say Erwin, yeah, less so than Neville. Ryan yeah. Giggs, a, 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 yeah. a prime Ryan Giggs ahead of him. Do you know what mm. I mean? Giggs, he'll do most of it on his own at times, you know. But uh, I would say, you know, they were both they were both encouraged to bomb on, but I think Erwin was a little more level-headed with it. Whereas, <coughs> obviously, Gary built that, you know, built that sort of rapport with David Beckham, and it just it was a fucking match made in heaven, wasn't it? You know. Yeah. Whereas, as for what for what Erwin would maybe want to get forward. Um, you know, we had we had Ryan Giggs ahead of him who wanted that byline. You know, he wanted to hook the line himself. So, could could I throw the inverted wing back in there? Because he did. He ended up with a lot of shots on his right foot. Mm-hmm. Yeah, That's a lot of my memories of him were him cutting in towards the penalty box rather than him being at the byline crossing in. And again, that'll be. Yeah, sorry. Sorry, I was just going to say, I th- he, he tended to cut in in the final third, though, rather than sort of further back. So I don't know if an inverted wing back would work. And I think that was maybe a wing back on support to hook the line. Inside. You know what I mean? So, like, Neville, uh, sorry, Neville, uh, Irwin's space was, look, it's in there, it ain't out here because I'm, I'm here, you're all right, you know. Um, but yeah, it's definitely, uh, definitely, you know, still, still very much um, forward thinking mentality on that side of the field, but. Uh, but yeah, less, a little, a little bit less than what Gary's was, I'd say. So what are we thinking? Fullback support cuts inside. Looks for Some underlap. Wing back <laughs> looks support. for yeah, underlap. Yeah, looks to be fair, underlap. that's not a bad, that's yeah. not a bad chat. It's not a bad chat. Yeah. Okay, that's that's that nailed in there. So what? centre halves. Do you, this yeah, is scam was basically if Keane doesn't murder you, I will. I don't know if that's a role. You can get it into a role. No nonsense. Unlimited stopper. defender. It was more of a. He'd uh, rush out when he. The apps haven't closed it down a lot faster. It was less. It certainly wasn't like like yeah. a covering. You know, he was the man. To, Definitely to stop it. To, it was. It would yeah. close that gap asap onto onto the onrushing onto the onrushing. It's got to be a horrible thought to see that big bastard come at you. He yeah. just looks scary, doesn't yeah. he? Yeah. That's fucking yeah, I wouldn't, wouldn't want that. So would we stop the central defender then? Do we think? Yeah, I think so. I don't. Yeah. The, the, neither of the centre halves were particularly like technically adept. Ronnie Johnson maybe a bit more so if he did play because he could play uh, sort of. He did play defensive midfield occasionally, um, but it was very fleeting. He was, he was a very good, very, very good player. I, I once, yeah, I, I was going to say, I, in that 99 season, I remember I was actually took to one of my first proper games at Old Trafford and I saw Ronnie Johnson score a banger against uh, Coventry. Um, so he, he had some talent, that boy. Steve Grizovich. Spell it. Anyway. You just, uh, you just you, killed that. <laughs> yeah. I was going to make a Gavin and Stacey joke. <laughs> I'm sorry, Joe. You can still make it. I'll edit, nah. I'll edit the Grizovich comment out. Anyway, um, so that's one of the pairing. So maybe, uh, do we, we have a cover or would a it be more of a defender role a for bit. the second? Mm. I don't think any of them were particularly fast to cover, really, or really if needed had, to cover. I think if you had David May, you, he pretty much always ended up in the back of the net. 
whether it's clearing the ball off the line or what. He just always seemed to be in the back of the net, whether he was scoring like at one end or he was in the other end. He was just literally in the onion bag. I, f- I feel like he is who Phil Jones modelled his career on. <laughs> <laughs> that's not. I like David Mason. That's not a bad person to to base yourself on. Phil Jones gets a lot of stick. I'm I'm a big fan of Phil Jones. If he didn't like a mong when he fucking headed the ball, <laughs> tackled the ball. Played I think he'd do it up. He <laughs> wasn't an internet meme. He'll, he'll put himself in the way of anything, that lad. Mm. I just realised <clears> if we give May a central defend cover role, we've created a Nike defence, basically. Yes, Nike defence. We love throwback. Love all that. Okay, let's let's move into the midfield. We're getting old. We are getting yeah, old. We're enjoying stuff old. that's like twenty years old. Yeah, <laughs> don't say it's twenty years old. You're ruining the dream. <laughs> I, I know. I now know how Dave feels. <laughs> yeah, but Duke's probably sitting there going, he doesn't even remember what the Nike defence was. <laughs> so midfield, uh, we, we'll start in the centre. So Keane and Scholes were the uh, were the pair that tended to play more often than not. Rip Nicky Butt. Rip Nicky Butt, indeed. Nicky Nicky Butt. Nicky Butt. <laughs> <laughs> so Some of the oldens are the bangers, I tell you. If we start I mean, off with uh, Roy Keane's role, then I think this is probably the, one of the more difficult roles to pin <clears> down. <throat> you see, for me, like Keane was still very much like a. I want to say like, like box to box slash Carrillero. Um, oh, I would have said box to box, box to box, like like hard tackling on. Um, <laughs> I mean, you could probably say box to box with. Carolero because yeah. he literally it was just like a plus wasn't it he would, like, he would just yeah, be up just, and down up side and down to side everywhere and like wouldn't necessarily <laughs> like you know wasn't always trying to make sure that like he was uh, he was he was in the box but always made sure he's the fucking last man in the box if, if, yeah. there's, if there's if there's a ball waiting there for a thunder bastard then he was the he was, he was running onto it you know um, but yeah um, fucking just he's almost like a, just a complete all rounder um it's like fucking is where it's like, obviously for me as a United fan, it's that gushing over yesteryear. But like you know, you, you take players like Roy Keane and 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 Patrick Vieira, and we try and now fit them into the, what is like this this modern version of the game we're playing. And like fuck off, they did all of them roles. They did the lot. Like they literally back then, the vast majority, two men in the middle, and they did everything. You know what I mean? You could, it's hard to it's hard to pin them down. But for me personally, I think if you had to, you're talking box to box. Um, and uh, yeah, with a shitload of tackling. Yes, <laughs> as much tackling as you can give out. That they had to invent a new attribute scale for him for his aggression. I think. Um, so if we move over to Paul Scholes, then predominantly Paul Scholes. I when I was looking this up, I didn't realise how much he didn't really like playing sort of in a more advanced role. He's always preferred playing in a slightly deeper role. Uh, He's not so, very good at tackling, though. <laughs> I, don't, I don't get why you would say that. I think he was tremendous. Oh, he was, he was my favourite player. He's exciting part of the game. Paul Scholes yeah. going into a challenge. <laughs> Who's going to end up coming out of this better? <laughs> I just love the fact that, like, I, okay, well, a little bit of a tangent that, you know, he went, like, semi-blind, he come back, and he still was an incredible footballer then. He could still see those passes. Ah, oh, that man. I love him. It's the only ginger think, that I like. I think Skulls is a really difficult role to recreate because I don't think he's just a DLP. 
And I, I, like, I've just written down roaming playmaker, but then I would say AP. for the skulls role, I'd almost want to start him just as a CM support and see if I could tweak it to see if I could try and recreate it that way. Because he'll have his own player, tra- you know, skulls. You know, I don't know what his player traits were in game, so he'll, he, you know, he'd he'd play to those traits anyway. But I, th- I think he's quite a difficult role to try and recreate. If you're, so, if you're talking, oh, sorry, Matt. I was going to say, if you're talking ninety-eight, ninety-nine, he wasn't. He wasn't a, like a deep line playmaker then, anyway, no, was he? No, no, no. See, but I, I don't I think would... he was that far. I don't think he was like an AP either. No, I, I would say it's almost like he's a register, but starting in central midfield. But obviously that role doesn't exist, but that's effectively what the sort of thing he did. He would always ex- expect the ball, but he w- was sort of given a bit more licence to go forward when compared to Keane, who was more used to covering the ground for him. Another thing like a, a playmaker would do in-game is slow the tempo down. And United, going forward, played at such a quick tempo... That this is why I'm this is why I'm leaning towards like a, a an a, an amended like or an adjusted CM support role, just I to try that, and fit him in mm. or fit it in. You know, it's quite it is quite a difficult one to pick. I think there are a number of different ways to sort of go about a number of these roles as we're seeing, and and would probably wholly get the a similar result, uh, and maybe like yeah, as you if you, if we were to recreate this in game. We'd probably end up tweaking things slightly depending on opposition anyway, so which Ferguson would have potentially done. Um, okay, switch that over to the right-hand side then. Oh, sorry. I was just going to say, that makes a very interesting point. I'd love to see, like... <laughs> Is Alexa getting involved in the pod? <laughs> guess, guess I'm, our, I'm not talking to you. Article 13, we're not allowed to include her. Um, I think, like, it would be quite interesting to see what some of the listeners, and, and if they not say recreating game but on, on these tactic boards and I'd love to see just different minds of way they work out different ways that they saw the game and see how different people would actually create these tactics because we're sat here and we're I mean we're agreeing at the end but we're all kind of shouting out different roles and it's quite interesting to see how we get to that that one what would be interesting would be whether anybody would like whether people would like to see or hear us do this would be for people to chuck a, a historic team at us and um, try to decipher it, we, yeah. we put up a screenshot prior to the pod. I don't know. I don't know. Just thinking. I'm more interested in. I think you should ask Alexa. Where did Paul Skulls? What was Paul Skulls' <laughs> position? <laughs> Let's see what she has to say, dude. Go on, Alexa. What was Paul Skulls' position in the 1999? Sorry, I, I, I didn't really work that out, did I? That was, that was you, not the right you couldn't have asked that any worse, to be fair. <laughs> yeah, you failed miserably. Just ask what position. Alexa, what position did Paul Skulls play? Sorry. <laughs> so David Beckham, as we, we sort of already uh, alluded to, would predominantly play on the right. Could it be anything? I was thinking either a wide playmaker or a uh, wide midfielder, one of those two. I think wide I midfielder, like, cross from deep. Wide, yeah, wide midfielder, cross from deep, let's face it. You know, David wasn't the lightning quick winger or out like that. It was his it was his partnership with Neville that was so successful at that right hand side. But yeah, hit the ball from deep often. Like literally every time you get the ball. 
A wide midfielder from that area definitely was Jan Mulby. <laughs> Jan Mulby, yeah. <laughs> I mean, that's that's a, a, a joke for people of this era. <laughs> definitely. Okay, that's that one pretty much done and dusted. Uh, Giggs on winger. the other on the other side. Winger, winger attack. attack. That's yeah. probably the easiest winger one. Attack. Pretty fundamental. Yeah. So if we move to the, the front pairing then, it's a bit more... This is a bit more difficult, I guess I it think. depends which two you go uh, with, isn't it? Because you've got... I, and as you were sort of saying there, Dupe, you've kind of got two sets. Now, uh, Dwight York and Andy Cole played the majority of the season and... Solshire and Sheringham tended to be more of the rotation option so we could give options for both pairings really because they so if we start off with York and Cole first what would we put those two in it's interesting isn't it because I think at Newcastle Cole was just a very much an out and out on the back of you know on the shoulder of the last defender probably maybe an advance forward or a poacher but United he had a bit more of a I'd, I'd almost say he's a complete forward attack. He did a bit of everything, but he was still generally the man furthest forward at the end of yeah. moves. So would you I would agree with that. You, yeah, I'm assuming, from my knowledge, I'd probably say that, that York would be a deep line forward a bit, but sit, sits a little bit back, and and he was always. I remember the amount of times he plays the ball through through Andy to actually score so yeah I mean I'm just trying to rack like I said I'm I was six at the time so my my, my image is uh, it's a bit hazy hey Premier League years is on every single day for about like, <laughs> hours really, really quickly I remember about I two think I've watched that season about <laughs> 400 times two years after the treble my dad bought us a treble VHS and I remember me and my brother just sat watching it about 20 times a week so I should know a bit more really I think I'm inclined to agree with with Duke there. Deep line forward on support for Dwight York. Um, although they they did sort of meld and merge a bit with their role. They didn't. I think they're a bit more fluid than just sort of to be fitted into one role. So maybe have swap positions on as well. Yeah. Well, because it was when if, if one one dropped, the other one went. Yeah, and and vice versa. So I think just the, a very good partnership. The the I think one of the things that characterised this team in particular was the fact that there were. They were there were some fantastic talents, but they were also greater than the sum of their parts. And there were so many little different partnerships, that, most of which we've already mentioned, that that sort of came together to make this team especially good. Uh, so we're talking about this symbiotic relationship that both Neville and Beckham had, as well as York and Cole. Uh, they just seemed to just be completely on the same wavelength, which you know, there is no real, like attribute for in, in football manager I guess sort of more so now we've got sort of the the morale and whether players like each other and, and all of that there is a, that does actually have a bearing on performances on the pitch but there's some things that I don't think you can ever really properly account for in terms of like a, a player's personal relationship with another player and we're not talking John Terry's kind of personal relationships with their wives but um, Adam Johnson with his yeah <laughs> It's fair, it's fair to say that Beckham and Neville definitely had a bright green bar. Them. <laughs> oh yeah, they they were definitely linked. I think there definitely. were green bars all over the place. Like they, it really was like just writing it, writing it down. It really was like a team of partnership. Urban and Giggs obviously complemented each other. 
Beckham and Neville were, were well, still are like besties, aren't they? Cole and York just clicked in almost instantly. Like you could put you could put a ring round each pair, and um, and it, it was just such a well constructed team. And Schmeichel would still be a loner. Yeah, So the other front pairing uh, that I mentioned was Sheringham and Solskjaer. I think Solskjaer's role is pretty much nailed on. Uh, poacher, shock horror, or yeah, I think, I think he's done a little bit more as well. Yeah, yeah he, do, Cause he did play on the right a little bit as well, didn't he? He'd play, on, he'd play on the right hand side of a, of a midfield, or I suppose like early adopted, like a you know like a like a free up top system at times. Um, also, he'd get involved in 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 link up play from quite deep on the field, uh, often still getting up there to finish it off as well. Um, I think poacher might be a bit unfair, but this is what we were talking about a moment ago with these players back then that you probably wouldn't pigeonhole into a single role in 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 football manager. I think you'd class him as a poacher because of the game situations that he often appeared in as a super sub. That he was a poacher because that's exactly what Fergie would do. It just be like the way you win games is you score more goals than the opposition. So get as many strikers on the field at once. So by nature of that he ended up as a poacher because he was going to be in the box getting on the end of any balls that were going into it so Sheringham what do we think see I want to see like it's a bit deep line forward but then a bit Trek Ortista maybe yeah this is the sort of thing I was thinking he was he's never had pace or never had pace but he he wasn't a target man either um because it, he was, he was, you know, physically strong, but he was fantastic. It was a fantastic technician. Um, He's so, one of those intelligent footballers. Yeah, absolutely. underrated because he sounds like a cockney sweat, and I'm allowed <laughs> to say that. Um, but I think that's he didn't get the credit that he deserved as a footballer, even though he was, you know, everyone. I think a lot of people say Sheridan was a great player, but he was, he was technically so good. Um, what and what a signing that was for Man United. Oh, absolutely, absolutely. Even as a, just as a, a rotation option, he was it adds a different dimension, completely. Um, gives and it also takes a bit of the the creative sort of side of things away from the midfield if it was required. And I did think I think uh, when other players were injured or suspended, I did seem to or when I was looking back through, it seemed that. Showing and played more often than not, as sort of a, a pseudo playmaker um, to to link with the sort of the whoever played with up top, and to allow an extra sort of more meatier body in midfield, I guess. Aside from Skulls, I suppose that was that was probably it as well when Skulls wasn't playing. If it was Keenan, but it was just that you know, if you had him in, that was a bit more of a link to a more defensive minded central pairing yeah and if you play Cheringham you've got someone that's linking that midfield to your other striker yeah I think I think sort of the general consensus of the formation whilst it's 4-4-2 predominantly it probably lends itself equally to a 4-4-1-1 and that's certainly how United seemed to play with with Cantona uh, when when he was there that he would you know he was a Trek Artista and it was sort of a role that seem to come and go depending on personnel um, is there any other team instructions that we'd we'd think we'd need to need to put on counter, uh, we've mentioned counter, so, counter. counter. <clears throat> yeah 
yeah, I think that's pretty much nailed on. And then encourage overlap. Uh, but I think that's pretty much it. We've we've done it. Marvellous. Oh, I've enjoyed Honorable that. Honourable shout out to the likes of, you know, Jasper Blomfist and Nicky Butt, you know, uh, to mention just a couple. But Raymond the, would Van der Hell. Van der Hell. Would you say that they, their Brown? roles changed Wesley an Brown awful lot? Then. He's, big, he's big, he's bad, he's Wesley Brown. Anyway, sorry, go on. <laughs> would, you, <laughs> would you say the roles changed at all, like depending on sort of with the, I guess the more, I guess the more peripheral players um, I don't think like Blomqvist was so. more I of a. I feel like Blomqvist would come on and, and, and do the gigs. Yeah, you know, that's basically what I do. Nicky Butt would often come on, and even if he was brought on with Keane, if he was put on in place, and he was, you found both Nicky Butt and Roy Keane in the middle, they still play a very similar role, that, that very much suited, you know. So, uh, but yeah, like, definitely Nicky Butt for a sort of box to box midfield support, maybe. But, uh, but yeah, lovely stuff. Well. Uh, please send us your suggestions for how you would set this team up yourselves, whether they're on Twitter or by other means, but we'd be very interested to see how other people would set this up. So, I guess there's no time for anything else other than Mr. Kurt Dizzle's quiz. Kurt's quiz! Well, in, in honour of Solskjaer being appointed... Permanent manager of United, I thought I would do a quiz on caretaker managers. Yes. Everyone's excited. Usual rules apply. <laughs> Groundskeeper um, Willie. <laughs> usual rules apply. First to shout in gets the opportunity to answer. One point for a correct answer. If you get it wrong, it will be subject to the Viking Dan rule. Uh, ten questions are up for grabs. Uh, if everyone's ready, we will begin. Good. Question number one. Which caretaker manager gave David Beckham the captain's armband? Joe. Joe. Peter Taylor. For the first time in Beckham's England career, that is correct. Question number two. Who was the most recent England caretaker manager? Nerd. Nerd. Gareth Southgate. Sir Gareth Southgate. GG. Thought that might throw you. Well played. Question number three. Who is the only caretaker manager to win the Champions League? No. Joe. <laughs> I would say Teach. I thought that was Teach, yeah. But I think you stuttered then. It sort of stuttered for me, the connection. But anyway, Did yeah, it? go on. Uh, Di Matteo. Is correct. Question number four. So Trevor Brooking took over as caretaker manager of West Ham after only three games of the 0304 season, replacing which manager? Joe. Joe. I want to say Glenn Roder. You would be correct. <laughs> I thought that's a lot later. Question number five: Which coach has taken the caretaker manager reins? Of Blackburn Rovers, seven times in his Nerd. career. Nerd. Tony Parks. There you go. Question number six. In 2014, a viral video showed a Man United fan suggesting that Giggs should take the United job still <laughs> end of season. Can you name the fan? Dupe. Dupe. Andy Tate. 
is correct. <laughs> GG. Question number seven. Which coach served as assistant manager at Chelsea under both Rude Hullet and Gianluca Vialli and was then appointed caretaker after the Italian was sacked in 2000? Joe. Joe. I'm going to say Steve Clark, but it's not, is it? No, it's not. No. <sighs> I no, I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna risk it. I'm not gonna risk it. But come on. <clears throat> Anyone? Anyone? It's uh, it's not Ray Wilkins, is it? No. No, because he did it later, didn't he? Glad I didn't <laughs> guess, by the way. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. He was I'm, all I'm rushing st- to answer the question. I'm struggling. I'm no. struggling to think okay. now. The answer was Graham Ricks. Oh, right. Graham. That's probably why. Well, that's He's why been erased from football history. Question number eight. Which if Italian... you tolerate Ricks, <laughs> then your children... Um, <laughs> Which Italian <laughs> became player assistant manager of Crystal Palace in 1998? Nerd. Nerd. Attilio Lombardo. Correct. Boom. Question number nine. As my PC goes to sleep. That's handy. Doop. Uh. Question number nine. Uh, which caretaker manager won the FA Cup in 2009 with Chelsea? Joe. Joe. Avram Grant. Minus one. Shit. Oh, I <laughs> shout. 2000. Oh, I know it. Dupe? Yeah, dupe. Rafa Benitez? Minus one. Ooh. Nerd. Nerd. Hiddink. Hiddink is correct. He did. Oh, of course. Question number 10. Oli Gunnar Solskjaer has just been appointed permanent manager of Manchester United after a successful caretaker period. Which Norwegian team are now managerless? Dupe each. Mold. Mold is correct. Right, ten questions asked, ten answered. Uh, scores on the doors. Uh, in joint third, on zero points apiece, is Mr. FM Dupe and Mr. Friday Night FM. Well done. Uh, in second place on two points is Mr. Teach. Well done, sir. And Cheers to Joe for going in with the Wilkins. Otherwise, it would have mm. been one point. <laughs> and, and, Out and on his what own. A surprise. Uh, <laughs> the part timer himself. Four points. <laughs> Mr. Nerdphonic. Well done, sir. Can we not deduct him points because he hasn't streamed this week? He's been deducted five points. Oh my god! (laughs) (laughs) Teaches the winner. Well done, Ned. To be fair, I'm not sure this will. So, uh, one of you pair would have won. (laughs) Tie break between me and Joe. Marvellous. Well, I I really enjoyed that quiz. (laughs) That was a good quiz. I enjoyed that. Very good. Great fun. Creative. I liked it. Quick. This week. It was good. See, we needed it. <laughs> right, it well, that the brings... speed impresses you. Ooh, let me speed test. I like speed tests. Uh, it's because I come early. That was the joke, Matt. But it's okay. 
Well, I've tried to clean it up, but oh. just, <laughs> so do just, I. Wow, well, I don't know where you pair have been, but it's only curtain. Hang on, Joe's holding up some tissues. They're they're not man sized tissues. I was gonna say, extra large. They're not allowed to call them man sized now. That's been taken away. Anyway, we're running over. Good night. Anyway, that brings episode 84 to a close. You can find the links for each of us, the Five Star Pod Twitter account, WeStream FM Discord server, and everything else all on WeStreamFM.com and also in the podcast description. The Five Star Potential Podcast is available on iTunes, SoundCloud, Spotify, and most other popular podcast apps and platforms with a new podcast released every Monday at 8am. This has been Five Star Potential, and we'll see you all next week. Say goodbye, gents. Remember, it was a real trouble. Chinese David Dunn. That's some weird wanky material.